0: This free ebook breaks down the simple time-tested strategies of billionaire real estate investors that you can use to take your investing to the next level. So, head over to invictusmultifamily.com and grab your ebook today. All right, now let's hop into the show. Hey, welcome to the podcast. I'm Anthony, this is Dan. We talk about real estate. Buckle up, let's go.
1: Oh, right, right now we're going intro.
0: Good. I wasn't ready. You're not buckled up at all. No. You don't even have a seatbelt. I thought I thought like 10 minutes. We're going <sighs> now. How long does it take you to set up the, the, the baby seat or the car seat for Coco? Uh,
1: it's just in the car. You just shove her in and buckle.
0: Oh, like that's easy. Yeah. I don't know what. It's not a big. Not I a hear thing. horror stories. <laughs> People are like, oh, it takes me forever to put a car seat in. That's not a thing.
1: Uh, I mean, initially it's like it could be difficult to install the thing. But once it's in there. I mean, maybe they used to suck, but ours, like, you you have the carrier thing, you put it in, and it just clicks Dan, in. I
0: don't think you understand um, your role as a dad now or, like, as a parent. Huh. Okay, so here's the thing, is that I believe when you have a baby, they take you aside, they sit you down with a bunch of other parents, and they're like, okay, so here's the deal. We need to make having a kid seem kind of hard. Yeah. Because um, we need to garner sympathy from the, the celibates.
1: Oh, right, because I'm a, uh, yeah. You're I be a procreator.
0: Yeah, you're a victim. victim. Yeah. yeah, and My so, sucks. And so okay. when when I when I hear stuff like, oh, it's not that bad, I'm like, what? Why did you get paternity leave? What, what do you need time off for? And I'm starting to suspect maybe it's snacks? not necessary. Snacks, snacks, snacks and naps, <laughs> snacks and naps. Yeah, snacks and naps. Okay, okay. <laughs> well, I'm just I'm just letting you know that you're you're letting down the fraternity of paternity. Suck it the up, paternity guys. fraternity. Yeah. Okay, that's cool. That's uh, read, if you're listening to this, which you should be, uh, go to, uh, godaddy.com and get the URL paternity fraternity. I'm sure it's, I'm sure it's available.com or org. Anyways, good to have you guys here. Thanks for joining us as we're brainstorming, you know, new business ideas, new, new options for if real estate does not go well for us. You never know. And you don't know? And that's something that we're going to talk about today, which is like three things that you need to know about return projections and why they very often, almost always, never, ever meet expectations. Interesting. Yeah. Only three things, though. Only three. These are the, these are the three things that you got to know about. Um, we're going to break it down. Don't get scared. Don't let this turn you off from real estate investing. Just know that your return projections are almost always wrong. Mm-hmm. Well, no, never mind. Let me take. Let me change that. They're always wrong. Always, because yeah. of these these three things. But um, we'll break it down, what do you think. Let's do it. Do you have bad investing advice? Always. Oh, my God. Always. I'm so excited. Uh, I, I haven't had a good piece of investing advice or bad investing it advice has. from you in a minute. It's been a while. Because we, did we, re- we didn't record last week like we typically do because we had family health issues. My dad tried to die or something. I don't know. Dad? What the hell, dad? Go do some cardio, man. Um, Had to have some, a stent put into his heart or something. He's okay, though, right? The last I checked on him, yeah, he's still out there kicking it. Uh, he just you know he's not gonna be on the dance floor anytime soon not that he was out there <laughs> all that <laughs> he' didn't. All
1: strike me as a, a big dancer yeah he
0: doesn't he doesn't move groove or boogie that's okay but you don't uh, need to what's your what's your bad investing advice it's been right. two weeks since I've gotten any
1: yeah well I got I got one for you uh your first step when investing should be to identify the best risk reward assets that fit your parameters
0: okay yeah that seems reasonable Horrible, horrible whoa it's bad yeah okay well tell me why
1: you really ought to start focusing on Crypto. your network
0: <laughs> oh network yeah dogecoin <laughs> just buy dogecoin your uh, decentralized network is that what you're saying uh, i should focus on my decentralized network sure okay you do whatever you want i'm not talking to you I'm talking. To the listeners. Okay, there's hope, um, there's hope for them. <laughs>
1: yeah, you need to prioritize investing in your network. And we always say that the first step is you have to get educated. You've got to learn uh, about whatever the thing is that you want to invest in, which is great. But if you don't have a good network of people, uh, even if you know exactly what you ought to be investing in, it's going to be a little bit difficult to execute on that, right? Um, so your network might be uh, operators if you're looking at investing in real estate, so guys like us. Your network might be... Um, uh, advisors or brokers of some type. It could just be a bunch of other people who are doing the same type of thing. But you've got to have a strong network of people so that when you know what it is that you want to be investing in, uh, you've got the ability to actually do it. Because honestly, a lot of the best investments that you can make are not just sitting there on Charles Schwab waiting for you to buy them. They're going to be private. They're going to be you know, some sort of um, uh, opportunity that isn't readily available to everybody unless you know where to, where to look and who to talk to.
0: False. I've been buying Tesla and Facebook like a fiend for the last two months. Facebook? Yeah, Facebook. I'm betting on you, Zucks. Don't let me down. Well. I've actually moved everything out of real estate. Um, I'm all in on Facebook right now. And if this does not go well, then... Um, they pay a dividend? They don't pay me nothing. Yeah. I'm getting nothing out of it. But uh, yeah, I think the network, super important, especially when it comes to real estate, because nothing in this game happens without connections to people. So real estate is a real a relationships business hundred percent through and through. I think everything is. Yeah.
1: Really. I mean, if you want to really excel at anything, it's you're going to have to lead into relationships, politics, business. Oh, you I just straight to industry. politics. I don't want to do politics. Well, I can't think of any industry or anything that you'd want to do with your life that doesn't, that you could just do in a little room by yourself and never have to talk to people.
0: Yeah. I mean, you can't get money. You get money from people. Yeah. You get value from people. That's love connection. That's, um, Get out there. Yeah, okay. Where do I go to get them? Uh, People. Yeah, where do, I, where do I go get to keep people?
1: I think you just walk outside and you just start... Talking to people. Yeah, start screaming to people on the street. Accosting
0: them is what you're saying. Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. Yeah. I feel like the the caliber of people you're going to encounter is going to be unique.
1: It's best to yell and scream and, and spit a little bit when you're talking. This is how you really project... Am I doing this messages. aggressively or am yes. I just doing Extremely, this like
0: enthusiastically? Be slightly drunk as well. <laughs> Do I have to be drunk or can I just pretend to be drunk? It's recommend. Will meth serve as a sort (laughs) of (laughs) absolutely. All right. So work on your network people. If you want to invest and regardless of what vehicle you're getting into, people help people help. Yeah. Now let's talk about returns um, and how returns very, very, very rarely meet expectations. Actually, Scratch that. They never do. And there's three reasons for it. But before we get into those those three specific reasons why return metrics um, might not um, meet expectation, just more broadly, the thing about pro forma or you know these return projections in general is that they're all best guess, mm-hmm. right? And, and we're trying to project into the future and that's unknowable. And so even the most finely tuned budget in the world is really just the best guess. And I've never seen a budget come in month over month over month over month dead on. And it it maybe maybe once you hit it, it's possible. But to do it consistently, it's impossible.
1: Yeah, if that does happen, that's going to be um, a red flag, I'm, I'm sure. If so. Totally. Yeah, I mean, just hitting it on, on the money because you know, you're looking at so many different variables, even like a, a really basic... P&L, you're going to have at least eight to 10 expense line items and, you know, three or four income line items, right? And so every one of those, every month, there's an opportunity for something to vary from what you projected. And so usually, you know, the first year is pretty close, the second year close, but by, you know, if you're looking on three, four, five, six years in the future, the likelihood of you hitting those things on the money is, is extremely low.
0: Yeah wild fluctuations. This is one of the reasons why I, when we're presenting deals we like to do a base case and a stretch goal yeah. where we show base case this is pessimistic assumptions this is where we kind of want to peg the the downside and then stretch goal this is where we want you to peg the upside in terms of optimistic assumptions and try to give a range because a range that, you're never going to hit a single data point but you, you can hit you can hit a range assuming it's wide enough. Um yeah. so that's that's one thing. Now in terms of these three things that kind of skew return metrics, or like why your your uh, returns for on a quarterly basis might not be up to uh, up to snuff or what you expected, the very first one that I want to talk about is interest only period.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, what, first, let's break down what is interest only period because maybe a lot of passive investors maybe don't even understand what that means.
1: Yeah. So in the commercial lending space, it's it's quite common. To have a loan structured so that for a certain period of time, on the front end of the loan, you're only paying interest and you're not paying the principal. Now, most people who get a 30-year mortgage on their house, uh, you're paying a little bit of principal and a little bit of interest each month from the get-go. There's some people who can get interest only on, on their primary mortgage, but I think the vast majority of people don't. Um, so early on, you're going to pay typically a little bit of principal and a lot of interest. And then by the end of the loan, it's pretty much all principal and very little interest. Um, so that's what most people are used to seeing. And the payment is going to be con- exactly the same throughout. Now with a lot of commercial loans, what you're going to find is that for the first one to five, I've seen upwards of 10 years. In the, long some loans, period, yeah. the first several years are going to be just interest. And then at a certain point, the. Principal and dis- interest starts to get paid too, so the monthly payment on that debt is going to jump at some point, point. and uh, that can catch people off guard because I think they forget. Forget so it goes away. You know, uh, <laughs> if, if several years go by and you're so used to the can you know fairly consistent cash flow, and then that uh, that that switch happens, all of a sudden you go, be like, oh wow, I forgot we actually have to pay a little principal on this, oh, on this loan.
0: So yeah, this one came to, comes top of mind because we actually just had a loan on one of our assets that we bought many years ago. The IO period just ended. And this is the first quarter where distributions were were less than typical. You know, and that's, that's expected. But it's very easy as a passive investor because you're not looking at the pro forma every day. You're just, you get into a rhythm right? So like every quarter you're used to seeing a particular number and it doesn't usually skew too high, or too low out outside of that range typically. So when suddenly there's a quarter where you're like, Hey, did that number just drop? Um, and you know, when you start paying principal, it can, it drops pretty significantly in a lot of cases that can throw you off. And so we actually had that instance where, you know, the IO ended and investor goes, Hey, what happened? We're like, Oh, that's just you no, know, that's what happens yeah i think the vast majority
1: of people once you get into a deal you're getting the quarterly or sometimes monthly updates from people you're really just gonna i think most people just pop open the email they look for one number like cash on cash mm-hmm. or like the the total dollars coming back and they don't read all the the narrative there's like okay that's how much that's how much and so if you don't kind of look at the information uh that's written in there not just you know you know, a couple numbers, uh, you, you might miss that something's coming up. And I think when people are looking at those pro forma numbers initially, when they look at that deck, uh, when they're thinking about doing a deal, they're primarily looking at like the first year and then like the, um, the total numbers the total returns. They're not really looking at like year three and year four. Right. And, you know, you can clearly see in there, uh, cash on cash is, you know, X for year one, a little bit higher X for year two. And then year three, when that, Principal kicks in; it's it's down, but mm-hmm. people forget because year three is just kind of in well, the
0: middle there. Well, it go, yeah, and it goes back to what we we started this with, which is like by the time you start projecting beyond years three, four, and beyond, like it's a guess. Yeah, and so like the the value in looking at those return projections are, is typically not very high. So rightfully so, most people don't look at them. But um, it is actually, I would rec- I encourage people, if you're looking at investing into a deal to look at that year three, four, because that's typically when you see IO dropping off, y- you want to take a look at that because a interest only period can float an otherwise thin deal it can make a deal look a little bit better than it truly is. And so if in year three or four, suddenly that, you know, once int- uh, payment principle kicks in, if that cash on cash drops to like one, two percent, like that's, that's interesting, right? You might want to have that information because if that, you know, maybe they're a little bit wrong and it comes out a little bit lower. Now, maybe you're not cash flowing positive. And so something to look at because it's it's a detail that is probably not going to be drawn, like pointed out on return projections too, too much of like, this is when IO drops off. But yeah,
1: like, hey, look at this drop right here. Yeah, look <laughs> at the
0: drop. Um, yeah. And another thing we're sure going to talk more about a little bit later is that
1: uh, we don't do a lot of it, this, but I think there's a lot of operators who have been using a lot of variable uh, rate debt in the past, and so you want to make sure that you're clear on that when you're going into a deal. You know, is are the debt terms on this uh, deal that we're looking at fixed, or could there be some fluctuations? But we're going to talk more about that one a little bit later.
0: Yeah, let's put a pin in that one for now. What's our What's our second thing that can skew the return projections?
1: Winter, winter,
0: winter seasons, especially if you live in Minnesota. So. One thing to know when you're looking at return projections is that you're going to see a number on an annualized basis, probably like year one, 4%, 5%, year two, 7%, whatever. But It's it's never like that. It's never just one number, right? It's made up of a bunch of months and quarters of performance and those quarters are going to fluctuate. And so one quarter you might hit, you know, 4% and then year, quarter two, maybe it's 5% and then maybe in quarter three it's back down to 3.7%, right? It's an ebb and a flow. And that's not a bad thing. It's just a result of seasons and other factors that are occurring throughout the year. But Yeah,
1: I think at least we've always presented just annual numbers, right? Yeah, We always look at a five and a seven-year hold and we never go quarterly or monthly in the initial pitch deck to investors. Because it's a little bit too much detail. It's a lot. It's a yeah. lot of numbers. And most people, uh, if you start pulling on spreadsheets, they're just going to run away. So we try to make it... As, uh, s- as simple and digestible as possible. But that could be problematic because if somebody sees, okay, uh, in this year, we're projected to hit a 6% cash-on-cash, cash, right? That doesn't mean that every month it's going to be six, 6% six um, or even every quarter. There's going to be some fluctuations like Anthony mentioned, um, which is normal, but it could throw people off where if you've got a 6% cash-on-cash cash pro forma number for the year and then there's a quarter that is uh you know hitting four percent they might look at that and be like oh is this underperforming it's like well no you know Mm -hmm. because these other quarters are going to balance that out and by the end of the year we'll have you know hit that number
0: yeah i think in general if you're investing in a cold cold weather state like minnesota you you (laughs) should just peg like q4 q1 are going to be your low low quarters mainly because there's a lot more expenses associated with winter and then you'll see some ticking up in q2 and q3
1: Typically. Yeah. And it, it, that could vary as well because, you know, if it's a heavy lift, uh, well not a heavy lift, but if it's a value add deal, uh, that's when you're going to do your work when you're doing (laughs) your renovations. So, you know, there's going to be unique elements to each deal, but, but generally speaking, if you're in, uh, an area that has winter and snow, you're going to see snow removal, right? That's not a thing in the summer. That's a new expense. And the heating costs, especially if you're looking at, historic brownstones or mid-century builds um you know if you've got uh, like an older boiler or something that's not the most efficient we're going to see a huge change from what it costs uh, for the electric bill in july to february right there's going to be a very drastic change there Mm -hmm. so and you can work around that too you can set up your billing with the utilities companies most most of the time to have it be averaged out so you're just paying a uh, an average throughout the year But um, yeah, if you don't, then you're going to see a pretty dramatic difference in your operating
0: expenses. Big spike. So when you're looking as a passive investor at a deal and you see those annualized numbers, just realize like that's not going to be like 6% every quarter. It's going to be a fluctuation most likely, pretty much in every market, regardless of if it's a winter market or not. You're never going to hit the same number over and over and over. So you're going to see some ebb and flow.
1: Yeah. And you can always ask for um, the quarterly or monthly uh, data that feeds into those Mm -hmm. annual numbers because the operators should have that. And if you want to get into the weeds and see, okay, what's month one, month two, month three, so on and so forth actually look like um, just ask, Mm -hmm. but most guys aren't going to lead with that because it's, it's a lot of data.
0: Yeah. We don't go there generally because one, we assume our investors know um, because they listen to this podcast and they're well um, educated and sophisticated. So good job for you. Um, But two, because it's, 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 it gets into the weeds. Yeah. Um, but hey, we're not afraid to go into the weeds. We'll go in there with you. We'll pull like up the gators. The weeds. Dan loves it. Yeah. I'm not a big weed guy, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> see what I did there? Anyway. Okay. Number three. Number third third reason. Number third. Huh. Yeah. I said it. Uh, number third reason <laughs> why return projections uh, might not meet expectations. Hmm. What you got? You, you alluded to this one earlier. I've got a about, couple
1: things written oh, down do. here. I guess, how do we want to package these into one thing?
0: Well, you tell me. Okay. Try to, try to, try to jam it all into one magical word.
1: Uh, all right. So we've got IO for number one. Yep. We've got seasonality for number two. Sure. And number three is, oh shit. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh shit. Something happened. So they were was, wrong.
1: That was not in the plan. Th-
0: sometimes things just go wrong. Yeah. <laughs> like that's real estate. Um, have we we've talked about this on the podcast? But like a really classic example is Duluth, where we we did a refinance. We returned fifty five ish percent of investor capital one month, and then like a month later, we have a fire on the property. And as a result, we didn't make distributions this quarter. As a only asset, only quarter we've ever not made distributions, and it's because we don't know when we're gonna get the money from insurance, and so we're just holding on to it. Right that. <laughs> Stuff happens. You gotta have like you know a little bit of allowance for the oh shit scenario. Yeah,
1: and and you know retrospectively, I think we must have done this episode. It, it can't I think be more did. than
0: like five episodes
1: ago. Yeah. Um. So you guys should check it out if you haven't listened to it because it's uh it's an interesting one. Um. But uh. You know this one. It was it was. At first, I was really frustrated that we got the refi done and then immediately, boom, fire. But it's it's kind of nice that we just sent people all that money. So that, you know, the one time and not just on this deal, but in the history of the company, we've never had to pause uh, distributions. The one time we had to do it is uh, immediately after a quarter where we sent people more than half their initial investment back. So yeah. I think
0: there's a little bit we got a little bit of wiggle room there. but And you know what's cool about that is I think 80 like percent of the invested capital from that deal got reinvested into another deal that we had yeah. going at the same time. So what that really means is you are some of those investors are still getting some cash flow, mm-hmm. so that's cool. Yeah,
1: no, um, I think net net, you know, once we get through all the the red tape and paperwork involved with this kind of thing, it's it's going to be a, a huge net win for everybody. Um, but uh, yeah, I think insurance uh, uh, payouts for the business interruption piece, which is missed rents, all that good stuff, should be in the next month or two. So um, as of now, we should be distributing for Q two. And anything that was earned but not distributed in Q, uh, or I'm sorry, distributing in Q1, and then giving anything that wasn't distributed but earned in Q4 out as well. Mm-hmm. So I think we might miss one and then make up for it immediately. And yeah, there you go. Good to go. But so,
0: I uh, mean, all this to say is like, there's a lot of things that can go wrong on a property. That's just, yeah, that's but, a fire, and that's a good. That's of the oh shits. That's a good one because you have insurance that covers it. But assuming you didn't start the fire, assuming. Uh, if you uh, did, that sucks, and I, you, you need to stop doing you're, that. You're going to go to jail. Yeah, that's that's a, that's a crime, that's a felony. That's sure. really bad. You should you should not be sleeping well at night if that's what you're doing. Yeah. Um. Wh- wh- why? Yeah. Well, I, if you're setting your buildings on fire, um. No, actually, I was going to say, give me a call. I'd like to talk to you, but I don't. Oh. Um. Just stay away from me. Yeah, really, really far reading. away. But uh. But things things go wrong sometimes, and so don't be don't be alarmed if. You know, quarterly returns are not what we were expecting because, you know, maybe the property is struggling. That's um, to be expected at some point. And it's real estate. Yeah. It's not a matter of if something's going to happen, it's a matter of when. And so the, the main thing I want all investors, whether you're an operator or a passive, to think about is that real estate is a get rich slowly but surely game. And you have to measure it on long time frames. And so this is not like the stock market or quarterly earnings reports really, really matter the valuation of the company like so don't get too locked into like this quarter's projected returns versus actuals um, because this is just one quarter right and things tend to smooth out the longer that you look at it in real estate yeah so if you're feeling stressed or anything like that um, especially as we go into like this next part of the market cycle where there's probably going to be a little bit more um, froth for a lot of operators you know just be cool it's gonna probably be okay as long as you're you know, communicating and there's is froth bad? Um, not on my mocha. Right. I mean it depends on the scenario, <laughs> but generally froth is not the thing I'm paying for. Okay. Like I had a beer the other day that was like 90% froth. Granted, I was the one that poured it, but still I should be protected from myself.
1: Yeah, that's a that's a shitty pour.
0: I agree. I would fire me. You no bartending <laughs> experience, do you? I did actually. I was a I um I worked at a Don Pablo's when I was like 23, 24. And, le- and I was. Do those still exist? They, I don't think so. I don't oh, know. God. There was like one more. Oh. And it, I I was the king of slinging frozen margaritas to 45 year old suburban moms. They yeah. loved me.
1: Don't you just have like an icy machine you stick it on, Yeah, that's you
0: just, confirmed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 I mean, you shouldn't be surprised to hear that my beer pouring skills are okay. low. I don't that's think good. we had a tap. I think we just had bottles I had to open for people. So yeah, yeah. Like, I was I was the the lowest rung on the bartending ladder of um the world. Tom Cruise from cocktails. He would look at me and laugh. He's like we're we're not.
1: That was a good movie. When I, when I saw that movie when I was like 18, I think, I uh thought I wanted to be a bartender. So I went to bartending school and then um, Really? Yeah, I didn't finish it. My dad I, went too. Yeah. It didn't I didn't I like
0: the idea of it, but then when I went in and actually started doing it, I was like, yeah. Wow. Yeah, unless you can, unless you can work in an environment very similar to what Tim, uh, Tim Cruz, <laughs> Tim Cruise, you know Tom's brother, yeah. uh, younger brother, lesser known, um, <laughs> works as a bartender. That's why you don't know him. Um, it's not as much fun as you think. Like, yeah. And there comes a point in your life when waking up to, to ten bar, um, gets old. No, that that would have
1: been a bad, <laughs> especially with where I was in my life. I feel like that would have um, yes just uh, reinforce some already not ideal behavior and probably would not have been good long-term to just have, be hanging around uh, that much alcohol all the time. No, no. no. So.
0: There's a reason why drug use and alcoholism is so prevalent in the service industry of restaurants and bars. it yeah. so. get stressed from dealing with people. Totally. Rightfully so. Anyhow, all right, that had nothing to do with real estate, but you know what, we are unapologetic. We don't focus. So yeah, what do you want from us? <laughs> oh, They want more real estate talk. You know? Okay. Okay. We'll try and hit that next time, but this time we are done over it. I have nothing else to share with you. Those are three reasons why your return projections are not hitting um, your actual expectations.
1: Don't you want to make some unsolicited recommendations
0: for like a book or like a educational resource? The I was, thing? I don't have a book to recommend this week, which is We've done like 350-ish episodes, guys. At a certain point, I've read every book. Like that's you, all the books.
1: You gotta have enough books by now. That's, like,
0: would, you're fine. You
1: have you read all the ones we've recommended? Don't don't come asking
0: me for another re- recommendation until you've read what we've given you, people. <laughs> all right. So I got no more books for you, but I do have a podcast episode that I listened to on the treadmill yesterday, which I thought was really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, it's our boy Alex Hormozzi, who is a name I don't think we've said recently on an episode you
1: don't think he thinks that we're mad at him i hope i hope
0: not alex we still love you um so go listen to his podcast it's called the game the episode in question is around the future of ai chat gpt and it was just a is a 45 minute long take i found it really interesting because honestly i haven't spent a ton of time thinking about ai and chat gpt recently because honestly it's a rabbit hole that i feel i could lose myself in so I'm being really careful not to but uh, I think he did a really good job of breaking apart where the opportunities lie where the fears lie and uh, just kind of laying the groundwork for what the next decade might bring
1: does he have other people on there or is it just him talking for just him however long
0: yeah just him I don't think he's ever had a guest on come to think of it Hmm. he will share podcast episodes where he was guesting on somebody else's but I don't think he's ever brought a guest on so
1: yeah I've never actually listened to an episode of the game so
0: Really? Yeah. That's hard to. Well, that's I'm, hard to I'm believe.
1: sure I've listened to clips he's posted from it. Sure. But I've never like pulled up an episode of that podcast and just listened oh, to it. Oh, that's
0: that's fascinating. I have listened to all yeah. of them almost. I it's so good. But well, those social media
1: networks, they don't they're not putting it in front of me. It's not being served to <laughs> me. So take it up with come the YouTube.
0: On. Come on, YouTube. You got you to gotta smash the bell more often if you want to get this content in front of you. I don't want any bells. Just got to ding the bell. All right. <laughs> so that's your podcast. That's your educational resource. And uh, mommy and daddy love you immensely. We'll see you guys in the next episode.